supervise five offices. That's five different personalities, five sets of problems. You could be number six if you act right. But I ain't holding no hands, you understand? I ain't babysitting. You got today, and today only to show me who and what you're made of. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? And it's a podcast where we talk about movies. And specifically, we find a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. And that's what we talk about. I am your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 46, and the movie this week was 2001's Training Day. Joining me this week, I have Alex Albisu. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. And joining us is Brian Dunaway, the Brian Dunaway. Alex, you stole my thing. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, I was hi, waiting Travis for that, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you had seen this movie before, correct? That is correct. I've never yeah. seen this. Brian, you hadn't seen it either, have you? I, I have not. I have never seen Training Day. The, the, it's one of those movies where uh, everybody that recommended to me were people that I questioned their taste. And so I said, mm, I'll wait. Okay. Really? Out of curiosity, who, what, what other movies did they recommend where you're like, eh, Training Day is not going to be for me? Right. Well, uh, all right. So the people that recommended to me were all like uh, either ex-military or very bro dude. And I'm like, you know, I like action film, but I don't like where it's just nothing but, you know, bro dude. I don't know. I was I was really worried it was going to be really just overly violent. Well, you know, you get what you get. Right. <laughs> I don't want to give true. anything away. Oh, no. We have no restraint on spoilers. We'll be talking about everything. Right, um, right. See, I never served in the military, and I respect the, those people who have served in the military very much so. Thank you for your service. Uh, but I never experienced that growing up, so I was never in that uh, mode or understanding of how it is to be very isolated with just men mm-hmm. and just in this this attitude of uh you know where you've got to be on guard i've never had to experience that thank thank god i've never had to experience any of that right and so it's, it's hard for me to relate to some of that stuff sometimes that, make, that can make sense and this is interesting because i wouldn't classify this as an action movie um and i don't right. know if if your thought on that is you know what that is now after having not having seen it but uh, it's definitely um, so. So this is the fourth in my uh, continuing um, Oscar winning. So I did Oscar for best supporting actress, actor, all that. This this won Denzel Washington a best actor in two thousand one over Russell Crowe, who um, was up that year. I think it was A Beautiful Mind, if I remember right. Oh, was it? I thought it was okay. Because Gladiator was the year before. Gladiator. Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking Gladiator as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very um, close. Yeah, and uh, and. It also, Ethan Hawke was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Now, the funny thing there is he's in the movie more than Denzel Washington. He's actually right. got more screen time, but he was Best he, Supporting Actor. He is actor. the primary actor, right? He yes. Is the, yeah. yeah. The, and that's what I thought was really funny about this movie. I expected it. Maybe it was just because I judged a book by its cover, which, you know, they say you shouldn't do. But I did, and I said, you know what? This is going to be all about Denzel and doing his Denzel thing. And then we were following along with Ethan Hawke a lot more than I had expected. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by that. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with it. Yeah. Now, it's a crime that he didn't win the Best Supporting Actor that year because I think 
in my personal opinion, I think he was as good, if not better, than Denzel in this movie. He's phenomenal throughout the whole thing. Right. Um, and it that's one thing I think when you come into this movie, you, you're not expecting what it is, which is literally one day. Right. Right. And it Training goes from day. yeah, it goes from sun up to midnight because it basically ends at midnight when um, right because that was or shortly after that, but. Um, yeah, it's it's one day and it's mostly centered on these two and they have to carry it. They right. do. They do a phenomenal job of it. Denzel just kills it in this movie. He is Denzel, so he's charismatic as all get out, but he's not a good dude. However, and I was taking notes this time around watching it. I've seen this a few times, but he's not a good person, but you can tell at one point he was. And he's just right. gotten so twisted by the cynicism of the job that he does, and it's left him uh, just this not you know not what he used to be. You can see where he he almost was Jake Hoyt, and they they mention that a lot. They make reference to it all the time in the movie, um, but you can just see he's like the dark version of it, and that's what makes him compelling is the fact that you know he's not an evil person. But he also believes, and he believes what he's doing is right. And he's doing right. just horrific things while he's doing it. He doesn't care about anybody else. Yeah, he's lied to everybody, including himself. Mm -hmm. and, yes. Uh, it's, it's always for the greater good, and it's what is necessary is what he believes, uh, or at least what he tells himself and lies to himself about. That's, that's probably a good assessment of, of what's going on with Denzel's character. Travis, agreed. Yeah, and then you have Ethan Hawke, who's you know the fresh out of the academy. He's been a... a officer for less than two years and really wants to follow the the letter of the law and doesn't know anything else and just had he i mean i would dude had no clue what he was getting into when he got in that car no and it was uh, it was totally it was not by the book right no no not, not at even all. close that what that I, car was not by the book no that did not i love the line that this didn't come from the motor pool like right. no. yeah <laughs> as soon as he as he as soon as he started uh you know the hydraulics i was like oh this is great <laughs> and then the and the and the music the way that kicked in mm -hmm. and they freaking hit the road and it, it just set that set the tone for the rest of the experience that uh ethan hawk's character had and i thought it was so genuine of somebody who's just completely out of their element uh, I thought right. that was really, really funny. It's a it's a white dude going into a very, you know, colorful area of L.A. Uh, and experiencing kind of life on on that side, leaving his kind of, you know, family life, suburbia life. And it was it was very interesting. Uh, yeah. I like that little it was just sudden. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He goes from naive patrolman to I'm going to try and be a, a, you know, undercover narcotics officer in in one day. And ooh boy. Now, I did find it interesting reading some trivia. Apparently, Toby Maguire was seriously considered for the what? part of Jake Hoyt. I did. Uh, he's, I can, can kind of see that, I suppose. The naive. Like yeah, the naive parts of the character. Yeah. Yes. But I, yeah. I would have a lot of trouble believing him at the end of this movie. Right. You think he'd dance yeah. right on out of there? Just, yeah. You know, <laughs> Toby what was that? Maguire was there. What was that movie though, where he was in it as, and he was, uh, he came home from war, and uh, mm. and Natalie Portman was in it. Oh, God, and I, I don't remember. 
and uh, what's her? What's his name is in it. Um, he played the bad guy in the new Spider-Man movie. Um, oh wow. Okay. Uh, um, hmm. You've given us a lot of clues, brothers. but I still don't know. Brothers. Was oh the yeah. The movie. Oh, yep. Brothers. Him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. I, oh, okay. Yeah. So they. He plays a really gritty kind of character. That was the first time that I would have said, you know. Like, like having seen that movie, I guess I would say, yeah, maybe he could he could have done that. But I think Ethan Hawke did a phenomenal job. Well, uh, that, in this, yeah, and that's two thousand nine was when Brothers came out. So you have to think about Ethan, uh, Tommy McGuire in two thousand two thousand one, and I I think he's almost too young or too young looking anyway. Because one of the yeah. things the director said, um, the director of this was Antoine Antoine Fuqua who's gone on to do, he did the remake of The Magnificent Seven a few years ago. Uh, Tears of the Sun was his. Um, right. I think uh, yeah, one of the, the King Arthur ones. Yeah, the movie was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't don't get me wrong from my, my little introduction into what I was expecting from Training Day to be what I actually got. It was a lot different than that. Uh, like you said, it's not an action movie, Travis. And uh, yeah, he, he, I, I think he did a, a wonderful job uh, directing this movie. Yeah. And one of the things he said about Ethan Hawke was he has an innocence about him because he's just a really nice guy, but there's something he can do with his eyes that tells you that he's seen things. And I think that's that's the thing you get from him, the progression in this movie. He goes from the wide-eyed rookie to by the time he realizes what's happening to him in the um, during the card game right. with Smiley and his friends, right. you, that's where you see the Ethan – you see Jake Hoyt realize, okay – I'm not getting out of this. I might not get out of this alive. And you, that's when you start to see like where Ethan Hawke, I think really shines in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He did a, an amazing job. And, uh, that was that it, it's amazing to think when you get through the movie that it was all in one day. It's like, yeah. you felt like there was such a, you know, Oh my gosh, what a full day of just stuff. Yeah. That is a it, hell of a day. I, I literally got an hour into the movie and I had to pause it cause I had to go use the restroom. Right. And I got it got to that point where they just killed, uh, you know, they were trying to, like, set up, like, the kill or whatever. And and Ethan Hawke was put in a position to, you know, be the guy who shot the shotgun and become, like, the hero of the Medal of Valor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I paused it thinking, OK, we're, we're getting close to the end of the movie. I was like, oh, my God, we're only like halfway through. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I experienced way more up to that point mm-hmm. that I I was like, how much more could they possibly go into? Yeah. And they did. And I was and it's not to any uh, issue with that. I was just very genuinely surprised that they could continue to tell a story at this pace. Yeah. Uh, and they did. And it was wonderful. And I actually found myself really um, feeling like emotionally connected with Ethan Hawke's character a lot. Because there were times where I felt, uh, you know, maybe taken aback by the things that that Denzel Washington's character said, thinking, oh, he's coming from a very sincere place. Like he got me a couple times as the viewer Mm -hmm. where I was like, you know what? That's a you could trust him. Yeah. Yeah. He's been kind of crazy at this point, but you could trust him. And that it scared me because I, I started thinking, like, could I have been in those shoes and done the things that Ethan Hawke had done and come out on the other end of it thinking, you, you know, like, oh, I've done the right thing or would I have had the balls to, you know, make the hard choices? 
it, it really makes you think. Um, and, and that's just something I, I wanted to ask you guys. I mean, did you guys find yourselves in that sort of position as well? Or uh, is it just me being way too empathetic to the characters no, on screen? Absolutely not. Uh, that's what, what Denzel, in my opinion, Denzel did such a great job of even convincing me. It's like, even though you knew he said, ha ha, that was just a test. You know, you passed. Good job, rookie. Even even though I knew he was full of shit, I still wanted to kind of believe it. You right. Know, just, I, I felt like I wanted to believe it just a little bit. Yeah, every time yeah. he would do something like that and you would see that look, he, he could give you that look of like he's being sincere, you want to believe him, and then the next yeah. thing he does is terrible. It's terrible. And it's scary to reflect on that and think like people can have that control over you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like if you, if you take a second to think about how people manipulate, like that character is so is such a masterful manipulator that I totally think it's warranted that he won that award because oh, that was absolutely. incredible. Oh, it was incredible. Definitely. Yeah. He, I mean, he's playing uh, Jake like a fiddle for the, from minute one. And yeah, he absolutely deserved that Oscar. Um, and you know they weren't the only like, so I'm I'm the film nerd that that remembers like all these character actor names. So I'm seeing and I'm I'm forgetting like I forgot some of the the small parts of uh, people pop up in this like Cliff Curtis as Smiley, uh, yeah, I love yeah. him. You had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Macy Gray in this, and I think this was one yeah, of the first movies yeah. Snoop Dogg was in. I liked him in this too. It's oh, a small so role, good. but he's so good. Um, I, I just, I just, I, I, I was like, what is that Snoop Dogg in a wheelchair? I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think he was so well, good in it. I, I, I thought yeah. I, he, he was, I actually wrote him down in my notes that he was a highlight of mine. And that whole bit where he threw up the Coke right. I was like, just so well delivered. He yeah, might have a little bit of a experience running from the police anyway. Maybe and a, look a who touch. else popped out of here, like Eva Mendez. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was such a background role here, but you know, she's went on to do some pretty good stuff. And Terry Crews, I don't believe he even had one speaking part. Nope, he I didn't know, speak he, a word. He was, but he just stood there. Yeah, I, I, like I completely forgot that he was in this, and he popped up. Yeah. And it's like it's amazing where that dude's career has gone from just yeah, you know absolutely. we're gonna cast you in a movie because you're you're big and intimidating looking to and, <laughs> and he, he hasn't changed a bit man i mean nope. he looked he looked he looks the same age I he mean, does if you had told me he just started this this past week i would have believed it because yeah. he's just he's timeless you know and you had um the the crew uh with dr dre and then some of those right. guys nick chinlin and peter green uh our guys peter green's the one that gets shot and mm -hmm. i always remember him from two movies the usual suspects and the mask oh the mask ah oh, the mask that's what it was i was trying to think of where i saw that dude before yeah, he yeah was, so he plays the bad guy right he was the bad guy in the mask and then he's got a small part in um in usual suspects where they is he not the same dude from peaky blinders no you're that is um you're thinking of uh, uh killian murphy is in peaky blinders he they, they look, look they they do look kind of similar exactly the same um but yeah i mean just a a great even like the the one scene where he goes and meets the three wise men like all three of those guys they're they're in the movie for what five minutes maybe yeah but yeah. it's that's such a memorable scene too just because of like the stories that they're telling and mm -hmm. you got you know the you got the judge from ghostbusters 2 in there and tom berenger is the sniper and yeah tom berenger is actually the fourth credited person in this movie really in imdb 
You're right. He sure is. <laughs> oh man. That, yeah. That, like, like I said, you, you always, I, I don't know who to give the credit to if I need to give it to the director or the writer, but maybe a little both and and the editor as well, because this is a well edited movie. Yeah. You know, and, and to what Alex was saying about stopping at about an hour in and realizing it's only halfway and the pacing in this yeah. movie is interesting because it's not, it's a very slow burn and it feels longer than a two hour movie. It really does. I was but, actually worried. I was like, I was like, Oh, I've been invested into a three hour movie. Haven't I? And I, I took a little pause and I'm like, okay, good. We're on two hours. But what, what's interesting is it feels longer than a two hour movie, but not in a bad way. Right. Right. You know, that's exactly yeah. right. The good news is I, I was glad even at about halfway through, I was like, well, you know, I don't mind this being a two hour movie because this would really make a really good series. You know, there, there was, there's enough material here to, uh, you know, to binge watch this on a Saturday on, you know, on Netflix or something, if there was a series for a training day. Yeah. That, did, did that, that would be interesting. I, I thought I heard something about that at some point. Yeah, I do too. Like I remember something about that, but I could be wrong. I mean, oh, procedural drama, kind of like the kind of like the wire kind of thing, isn't that kind of what on HBO? Yeah, I want to say that's what it was. Yeah, I never saw I mean, it, kind of, but it's kind of like similar to that. But uh, yeah, there was enough material here to really, you know, bite down hard because I mean, we didn't even get to we didn't even get to Jake's uh, family or or even put them in any in any danger. Right, you know, never really anything there. Right, yeah. Now I like, did. There was a deleted scene. Um, so I've seen the deleted a couple of the deleted scenes on this. There's two interesting ones. One was, would have involved Jake's family, or at least mention of them, because they don't, they don't get mentioned again after the beginning of the movie, right? And until he says, "I have a daughter." But um, apparently, the original way that that scene was written out was that Smiley was going to tell him that Alonzo wanted him killed by lighting him on fire in front of his wife and daughter. Nice. Jeez. Nice. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. There was at least a couple of times during this movie I was like, geez, he didn't call call his wife or anything. I mean, I'm like, if <laughs> there's a certain point in a day you just have to call your wife and go, I'm having a really bad day. <laughs> yeah. This is not going well. Yeah. Yeah, I am surprised that that never did come up. That is right. an interesting thing. But I, I did have overwhelming concern throughout, like as things started to get, really get hairy, that they were going to include the wife and the daughter and put them in some danger. There was some relief that when he walked in the door uh, to his house in the credits roll, where I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, right, thank God. Right. Like, cause I was, I was really genuinely concerned that because they really didn't hold any punches when it came to like a lot of the stuff, like they were talking about, you know, like the, the rape of the, the little girl, um, mm-hmm. some, like, like some really, really screwed up stuff. And, and I was just really afraid something was going to take a really bad turn and that might have put it over the edge for me, but I, I think that it's it played in the right lane as far as really driving home important, um, you know, issues and visibility on issues in society and uh, police corruption, uh, especially in L.A. and all that. I think that was uh, really well done, um, kind of in a way that is still makes it a fun movie going experience, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to say fun. Yeah. With training yeah. day. Because there was a couple of times I'm like, I'm not gonna have any fun here. Just too much. <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't laugh at what Denzel's laughing at, you know? It's like yeah. 
is, yeah, you, is you, maniacal. You find yourself doing the nervous laughter while you're watching the movie. Right. Yep. Like, I need to laugh at this or he's going to pull a gun on me. I did like that. I did like that that one line where he was like, you pulled a gun on me twice today. You will not pull a gun on me again or, or something, whatever. You know, like when he was when he pinned Denzel on the oh, couch yeah. and put a oh, shotgun yeah, up to him. Yeah. Because oh. you got to imagine being like a traffic cop, then jumping right into the fray like that. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. Holy right. cow. Now, one thing I found really interesting, too, was um, the fact that with the exception of they never really got into his kind of crew, the five guys that he worked with, and right. and what they thought of Alonzo outside of the situation. But if you noticed, like all the other characters, you'd have the gang members that would show him respect when he showed up. But as soon as he walked away, they're like, I can't stand that guy. Like, everybody yeah, was yeah. like that. Smiley said the same things. Like, that's why I don't shake his hand. Like, nobody yep. liked Alonzo. They just feared him because he had power over them. Right. Yep. Tolerated him. Exactly. Because they had to. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The crew never really said anything. But I guess I guess the implication was that or they, they were all just as corrupt. Yeah, it know, sounds like he kind of handpicked his, his guys to be... You know, he right. the guys groomed the guys he knew would would work with him. But and I forgot to mention when talking about the rest of the cast, Scott Glenn is Roger. I love Scott Glenn, oh, yeah. and yeah. Scott Glenn is amazing for I such a, a small I, part, but it's a memorable one. Right, and I was curious because he kept uh, they they kept in a lot of scenes. A lot of these people were doing something that was that I found interesting. That kind of deepened the characters a little bit for me. They were always discussing and talking, but then they were always checking their phones because they were getting messages. Remember, this is 2001. You know, we weren't, weren't really smartphone at that time, but, you know, the people were getting like beeps and messages yeah. and things. And so they were all had something going on. And I, I kept asking myself, you know, is that was that message from somebody that, you know, that we're supposed to know about or something? And I, but it just it just kept this even though even though really Scott Glenn all he did was he just he acted from that chair. He yeah. never really left for the chair except to answer the door, you know, and he was pretty much always in that scene. Mm-hmm. And I guess he shot it all in one day, I'm assuming, or you know, within a very short amount of time. And so adding those little outside connections made me feel like he was actually doing more than he actually was, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they they gave it a real like yeah, they gave it a real kind of lived-in world feel where everybody was always doing something. Every everything right. felt the only the only part of it that didn't feel like that to me was the the Sandman's house when they go and toss that house for the 40 grand with Macy Gray there, who by the way was yeah. not smoking that cigarette at all. No. Yeah. That cracks me up every time <laughs> but, I see yeah. it. But she was wearing them nails. Oh, Ooh, boy. those nails. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about like how unfunctional that is for a second? <laughs> oh yeah. Who thought who who legit looked at that and were, was like, "That's a great right. idea. I'm gonna put nails on where I can't even like freaking close a fist." Yeah. yeah, I love I love that whenever there's whenever there's somebody in movies with really long nails and they're doing secretary work like typing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you hear that? I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, how could you do that? So funny. I can't. I can't handle typing when I don't clip my nails for like a week. Right. But Macy Gray was really convincing in this movie. She felt very antsy, like Mm -hmm. uh, it it was a real antsy performance, and I kind of, I kind of dug it. I thought I, I felt 
concerned that she was going to get that fake warrant yeah and it was going to cause some kind of a huge issue it did but yeah. like i was afraid it was going to put ethan hawk in some kind of like a really bad position right, uh, it, right like at that point where she started questioning him hard about it yeah uh and i was like please come on just let denzel handle it just let denzel handle it. he'll do fine you know like i was really <laughs> concerned yeah that was and sort maybe of that's why we pulled oh. for denzel maybe because even though denzel is a real dick he, he kind of he kind of protects his own until he gets through with you so you kind of want ethan hawk to be safe but denzel is really the only person that really can manage that maybe right now yeah on training day I mean, that could be. You're definitely, he'll protect you until you don't serve a purpose to him anymore. Look at Roger. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was sad. And I get it. I was just, that whole part just kind of put a nail in a coffin for me with Denzel. And I know that that was kind of that pivotal point and the purpose of it. And that yeah. was just that was so well done. Yeah, that was the turning wow, point so well of done. the movie. Yeah, for, that's when he's really for, started burning his bridges, right? Because yep. that was his first contact. And so that's when we know that Denzel is really going down. Yeah, and he'll he'll literally take anybody out to save himself. He doesn't care at that point. Right. Yeah, that so was. Did we find out who Sandman is though? No, and that I was going to say that was sort of to borrow a phrase from film sack, sort of the chick in the bucket is Sandman, yeah. and like that whole situation never really mentioned again. No. Um, you know they don't and go I back to the neighborhood like, or anything. Yeah, yeah, like you're just you really put that guy in a position, or you. you you use Sandman to really put him in a position where he's just trying to steal the money or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that until a little bit later. And I found myself forgetting that he took the money and, and more questioning, well, what happened to Sandman? Like I kind of found myself invested in the, well, let's right. go down that route. What happened um, to Sandman's money? What's yeah. Sandman going to do now? He's got no monies. Yeah. Where's his yeah. Uh, girlfriend going to get all those nails now? I know. Right. Those it's aren't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, now here's a neat bit of trivia that I, um, as somebody who has done movie making in the past, David Ayer wrote the script for this. Okay. If the name doesn't sound familiar, um, he's gone on to have a decent career. Um, he wrote End of Watch. Uh, he wrote Suicide Squad and directed it. You know, Bright was one of uh, one of his that he wrote. Um, Fury, which. If you haven't yeah. seen that, that's a really good movie. Um, he's done some stinkers. I mean, SWAT wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't personally like Suicide Squad, but he wrote the script for this in 1995. Yeah. So it took about six years to get made. He was the mm. only writer for this entire movie. No one else right. wrote I, did anything with the script. Really? Which is pretty rare. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Suicide Squad. The only problem was some of the fast edits and I know it's cause reshoots and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it kind of ended up in a production nightmare, but I think what was the, some of the spirit that was there, I still, you know, I, I enjoyed myself I had a good time. Yeah. I, I, I didn't love suicide squad, uh, it, but right. it was one of those that had potential. So, you know, I'm curious to see what James Gunn does with, does with it now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, David Ayer, uh, he's also writing, um, a version of a remake of the wild bunch. So that should be interesting. Be good. Yeah, End of Watch was uh, pretty good. I don't know if you guys... That's one I haven't that, seen, but... and I should. Oh, Wait, yeah, you haven't like, seen? I think if you like yeah. Training Day, you'll probably like this. It's not quite on the... You know, it, I, it's, it's good. It's intense. Okay. I've heard good things about it. It was just one that slipped past me, so 
might be a future episode of this. Nah. But uh, but yeah, I was just fascinated by the fact that he was the only person to do any writing on this movie. You know, there was right. obviously there was ad libs done um, because two of the most uh, two of the more memorable things in the movie, the King Kong line was an ad lib from uh, from Denzel, and then th- that moment where when um, he's got the guy up against the fence, the the two crackheads. And oh, he's, yeah. he's oh, got yeah. he's got his two pistols and he's like rubbing them together and clacking okay. them together and all that, which yeah. is insane, right? Like that's a cra- like crazy people do that, and that it makes you feel uncomfortable while you're watching it. That was ad libbed. Yeah. Uh, he uses that thing like Edward Scissorhands uses. <laughs> because he's like, he's like poking Ethan Hawke in the leg. Hey, get up, get up. I'm like, hey, dude. Yeah. Dude, do you know what the end of that does? <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, could you guys see anybody else except Denzel in that position, like in, in that role? Right. I can't now. I definitely can't now after having seen it. Now, there were some other people up for it, and this isn't your standard IMDb like Arnold Schwarzenegger and and um and whatnot were up for the role but sam jackson at one point was i could see that um oh, and i could see the other one i was thinking that. about yeah. yeah he's a loose cannon he when they it. when that was going to happen this was before antoine fuqua came on and they had a different director and he was going to have sam jackson as alonzo and matt damon as jake jake hoyt hmm. which would have been interesting yeah right. it might that might have worked um for, at least from a matt damon perspective um he's pretty versatile and feel like he would he would do a good job but i think they nailed it otherwise oh definitely (laughs) i think they nailed it um but there was i did see what was the other name i saw was um mark Wahlberg was at one point considered for jake hoyt i don't like that nah that i couldn't see yeah i couldn't see that he he doesn't have it's like he would just be pissed off yeah Yeah. i could see him more in the denzel character at this point but not then he was too young definitely yeah um where was it it was uh I want to say it was Gary Sinise hmm. was approached for it at one time. Ooh. Which would have been okay. really interesting because I've seen, uh, I can't remember what it was in, but I've seen Gary Sinise like go, you know, up to an 11 and it's, it's interesting. Right, right. Um, yeah. He can get mad. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could Lieutenant remember Dan. who the other one was, but, hmm. but yeah, um, I can't, I mean, after you see this, you yeah, can't Den- picture anyone else yeah, but Denzel. Yeah. Well, yeah, he absolutely he he owns this film. I mean, there there would be no sense in even thinking about much of anybody else than mm-hmm. Denzel. He just he brings it home. Yeah, it's just a, oh, totally. it's his presence the whole time. He just commands, yeah. you know, he commands respect while you're watching it. Yeah. Plus, you can believe that he can. He's really good about turning that smile on and making you think, put you at ease. Like, yeah, it's all good. Yep. I don't know if Gary Sneese has any ability to make me feel like everything's all good. I mean, <laughs> and and I would say the same thing about Sam Jackson. I think there's an underlying charm to yeah. Denzel because, and especially in some of like the roles he plays, he's really good at at being charming, right? In every role that I've ever seen him in, and uh, like a, a, another role um, that I was thinking about, Safe House. Did you guys see that movie? Is that is that got Ryan Reynolds in Ryan it? Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Like going between safe houses. Yeah, I've seen that. Love one. that movie. I love that yeah. movie. And his uh, his character in that, you know, you just kind of you kind of get a similar feel with it. But this is kind of in a, a bit more of an extreme direction. But it's it's just you got this 
this trust in you. But even when when you don't trust them, you want to trust them because at the end of the day, they did a great job positioning him as, you know, he's got that little boy who mm-hmm. wants to see that little boy grow up without his dad. Right. And uh, uh, you you also saw him taking up the the blender for uh, for those guys that that were playing cards. Um, you know, he's talking about how he gives back to the community and all that stuff. Like when he started talking about that, I was like, no, there can't be a way that Denzel's bad in this. Right. Not, not all bad. No, they, they they did a great job painting that, that gray area, Mm -hmm. uh, very effectively. So that execution scene though, spoiler, that was, that was a top 10 execution scene for me, man. That was Denzel pulled it off beautifully. Now, originally, he wasn't going. That that scene wasn't going to be in the movie um, when right. they first wrote the script. But Denzel was like, "No, nah, he's he's got to pay for what he does." Uh, yeah. when um when he gets stopped by the vans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very end, yeah, I agree. And yeah, that, I thought that only, that was great. I did too, except for the editing. They never fully showed whether the lady in the SUV next to him was part of the plan. Her car was behind his car. Up until everybody pulled off, you didn't see her car leave, but suddenly it was gone. No, no, her car did leave because I specifically watched it because I was like, "Is the lady okay?" Like I was concerned. (laughs) concerned. Watching them, maybe I just didn't catch the. Yeah, it 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 was it was rather quick, and I thought at least what I saw was it looked like her car kind of pulled up to to push him forward when he tried to back up, Um, and maybe maybe I might have miss saw. uh, Maybe I didn't see that right, but it's a couple of fast edits, though. It Mm -hmm. was all that happened rather quickly. Um, But but yeah, he pulled it off pretty well. I was surprised to see him get out of that car, to be honest. I was like, (laughs) how do you you even have it in you? But I think that that's to the point. His character has so much drive that he's not going to stop even when getting riddled with bullets in his car. Right. Yeah. Uh, him getting riddled with bullets outside of his car, he even stayed standing most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until was, he finally was... like kind of slumped over, and he was still kind of standing when he was slumped over. <laughs> and it he was, was not going to give up. No, exactly. And it was kind of it. It, it was kind of like uh, once again that payback because we saw when he killed um, uh, oh, what's his face, Roger he killed him earlier with the shotgun. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. So when Roger, he killed yeah. Roger earlier, you know, he kept telling Roger to breathe mm-hmm. and just to hold on and. Uh, so with him gasping for air as he was leaving the car and stuff, yep. I was like, okay, little, little, you know, come up in this little karma yeah. in here. I found myself inner monologuing, going, breathe, just breathe, mm-hmm. just breathe. Uh, I found the other name, by the way. It was Gary Sinise and Tom Sizemore offered the role of Alonzo. Oh, why do I know that? Uh, Tom Sizemore. Um, uh, been everything uncredited, though. Yeah, basically. Yep. <laughs> been a lot I, of stuff. Yeah. He he could have done the the corrupt parts of it. It's he wouldn't have had the charm, I don't think, to pull no. off like Denzel does. Although I wouldn't have mind seeing him in one of the um, as one of his uh, crew. Right, that would have that been pretty. Would, good. Oh yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Um. So okay, you mentioned a couple other roles of Denzel's, Alex. But it, where does this rank in your uh, pantheon of like Denzel Washington roles? Because I've seen quite a few of him. Um, but I'm curious where where you put this i think this is top for me yeah um because i everything about it was so convincing i thought it was really really well done his um i i I really liked him 
playing the character in that setting as well i think it did a lot for telling again that narrative of of you know racial injustice and some of the some of the issues with police corruption and stuff for uh the time that the movie is set in you know when it was filmed and and all that sort of stuff i thought that it was really cool um so for me it kind of rounded out an ideal denzel uh role but um i frankly haven't disliked anything he's ever been in so Mm -hmm. uh but this this i think puts it at the the top i totally get why he got the the award for it yeah what about you brian how how, where does this rank for you uh absolutely this is the most this is the most denzel of any denzel movie that he's ever done i think this was the thing that everybody looks at and goes oh yeah that's the most denzel but I got to say, the following year, there was a movie called John Q. Mm, and mm-hmm. I really loved, he was he was fighting for his son and trying to get some, some justice. And just, I, I, I think I loved his character in that better. I can't say the performance was better, but it just seemed like maybe the character is more likable and therefore it was something better for me. Yeah. But I also liked, also liked uh, The Book of Eli. Yeah, um, and he he was very, uh, just I, I that to me just watching him he he was by himself a lots of times in that movie and so it was just him performing solo so I, I kind of enjoyed that as well. Yeah, um, I mean I put this this is in my top probably two or three with him. It's hard because right. American Gangster as uh, him playing Frank yeah, Lucas that, is so good. That was and my top by the way before before seeing this. That's what it's so. Excellent choice. Uh, I really liked him in Inside Man. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was a Spike Lee one from yeah, 2006. Yeah. Um, Man on Fire is a little different, but that's such a good movie. And an interesting bit there. So he did Man on Fire in 2004, uh, which was directed by Tony Scott. Tony Scott was originally going to direct that movie back in, like, 87, and they got pa- he got passed over, but the guy that played John Creasy in 87 was Scott Glenn. So you had two different John wow. Creases in this movie. Um, and uh, for me, my other, my favorite Denzel Washington role, it's not his best because I do think that's either Frank Lucas or Alonzo Harris, but I love the movie Fallen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had to forget oh, about Fallen, yeah. of course. And I watched that not too long ago. That's him as John movie. Hobbs is, I just, I, yeah. I love that movie and he's great in it. Yeah. Um, but how can that's you go wrong with that? The, that's, yeah, that's the one where the devil is or the, or the demon is jumping around. Yeah. You can't kill him. Oh, yep. such a, oh my God, such a stress inducing film, oh, though. Yes, just, it is. Just so stress inducing. Now, if oh, I'm. That, oh, his brother, his, his, yeah. Uh, his brother with the kid, with his got who's got what, he has like some kind of mental issues or something. Yep. And, oh, Man. oh, heartbreak. It's been a long time, but yeah. Not the, not the, not the great, yeah, not the greatest written movie ever but it is it's a lot of fun yes it is yeah Yeah. and it has john goodman so yeah yeah. you know i'm also sold there this i think this was the first time he played like a villain though if i remember correctly up until this he's all he'd almost always been because really i mean he got he got his start he did a lot of stuff but kind of glory was what put him on the map Mm -hmm. and you know you got Glory and Mo Better Blues and Ricochet and all this, and he's always playing the leading man, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. and he's always the hero. Um, right. 
you know, right up until this. And because he had done Remember the Titans the year before this and the Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes back with John Q and Antoine Fisher uh, the next the next year. So right. it was interesting to see him. It's sort of, I remember watching this and thinking that, like, wow, he's the bad guy. But you know it throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You, you know def- he's going to be. Like we said, we, we even even then we couldn't convince our brains yeah. that he was the bad guy. Yeah, and and that's that's that like immense levels of charm. It's kind of it's kind of like on a much, much different scale, but um, you know, the rock is always almost always the good oh, guy. Yeah. Except yeah. in uh in Doom. Yeah. And even then you're like, But I like him. Like he's so charismatic. Right. But wasn't it, wasn't he the bad guy in the Mummy? Was it the first one or the second? yeah the Did Mummy he, two or the yeah. Scorpion King? Scorpion well, the King. Scorpion yeah. King. But the thing with the Scorpion King was he wasn't the bad guy in that, but he yeah. became well, the bad guy by the end of yeah. the Mummy two. And exactly right. because can, he was the Scorpion King. Yeah, I guess you can count that. But he's he's really not he's really not in that movie. I mean, right. if you think about that's it, that's fair. True. They used his likeness. True. They used his true, likeness yeah. for the end, and then he had like a cameo in the beginning where he picks up um, the scorpion and eats it. So. But yeah, I, and you look yeah. like you go past uh, Training Day, and he's almost always playing the leading man. Still, Book of Eli taking a Pelham one two three. Um, I guess American Gangster is more like Training Day because right? yeah, there's really right. nobody good in that. Yeah. But you know, I I see it as sort of like I don't know if I would necessarily call him. Like yeah, he might be a bad guy in this, but it's almost like an anti-hero because there's so much that he does to like help Ethan Hawk at some points where I was just kind of like, eh, maybe this is just me still having this, uh, this trust and love for the character, but man, it, right. I like, I'm having trouble even saying, Oh yeah, he was a bad guy in this, but I guess deep really, down he is. Yeah. You really feel like it's, it's like maybe he's got some bad addictions, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, yeah. Uh, and, and he's kind of, he kind of uh, somehow has risen to the top, but he still has to make up for those bad things he does. Like he was in Vegas gambling, you know, maybe he has like a gambling addiction. He's definitely got a drinking addiction. You know, he's, he's always drinking something, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, don't, I, I guess maybe that's maybe part of it. We're kind of, yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely, he, they mentioned that he's a hothead, that he's got a temper. Right. And, but it's I you know looking at my notes like I wrote it probably two or three different times that you can tell there's good in him he wants to be like he's he's looking for the greater good it's the whole be a wolf to catch the wolf thing mm-hmm. he's just taken it to such an extreme level now like he's gotten that power he doesn't want to give up that power but he also really truly believes he's doing good in the world right you know he cites his arrest records and all of that so that's what that's what makes him dangerous is because of that belief. Mm-hmm. Like he believes it so much, and that's the scary part. Um, but yeah, just a phenomenal performance and captivating. I mean, you can't stop watching right. him. Oh yeah, I'm glad you guys. I'm glad you guys taught me into it. Also, by the way, I don't know where you guys watched this at, but I watched it. Uh, I think I rented it on Amazon, but then I ended up watching it on Vudu or something like that. Because those are all I have, the, I have those accounts cross linked. Ah, How do you guys mm. have it? You have the Blu-ray over there, Travis? No, I don't. <laughs> um, I just had the DVD of it that I bought right. back. I think two thousand two. It's about that. Yeah, it's like two oh two oh three. Yeah. So it's a nice four eighty p. But 
you know, th- this is one of those movies where you can get away with, you don't need like a Blu-ray transfer of it because, again, it's not an action movie, but it is a nice yeah. looking movie. Although, yeah. beautiful movie. I did think the the kind of green filter that they would put on just for that one scene where Jake is, after he smokes the uh, the weed and the oh, PCP, he's tripping, yeah. and he's tripping right. out, that was okay. Like, it wasn't anything special. Um, no, right. But, was this film, was it anamorphic? Yes. You guys know? Okay, I thought so because I, I was know. I wasn't sure if uh because you know when sometimes when you have those transfers and of course it looks different in the in the theater, but everything is a little mm. more taller than it is wide. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what your experience was. Uh, well yeah. the way I watched it was it was it was all a little condensed, but right. it was it, so it was kinda a hard to tell, but um I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was a really. I think even beyond it still being old and you know not having the best uh, quality of you know of it visually. Right. I think the cinematography does everything it can to make up for that. Where oh, yeah. you're you're not even caring because the shots are superb. Right. Uh, this some of the best uh, film or you know camera work um, in, in some of the in a movie of this type. Um, that I feel like I've seen. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I just, I just uh, verified it. it. The camera was an elite anamorphic lens. Mm. The lenses they were using, excuse me, not the cameras, but they mm-hmm. were using those. So that's the reason why you get that little different aspect yeah. ratio on thirty-five millimeter. Was good. Yeah, yeah. And and to your point, the there's a shot in the scene where. Alonzo's sitting on the couch and he has Jake sit next to him and he tells him to close the blinds and the way the light plays off so you, all you see is Denzel's eyes yeah, as he's yes. talking to him, telling him to shoot Roger. And it's just like, that's a powerful, and it's it's a subtle thing that you wouldn't notice that it's right. doing that until you think about the scene without that. Yeah. yeah. You know director, the... Um, Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I was going to say our, our director here. I think he, you know, he's he's referred to the eyes as a, a couple of times, and that was some shots he used. He, you know, the couple of shots with Denzel looking into the rearview mirror and just looking straight mm-hmm. into his eyes, and of course that eye scene there. So he's he definitely focuses in on that for some of that uh, that that close up acting. Yeah, really close up. Tell me what you're thinking. And yeah, it felt two... like a, a, a lot like that. Um the the whole movie kind of reminded me of like you're making a deal with the devil and there's so much you know so much that you could say about how the eyes are the the gate to the soul mm-hmm. and that you know the way that they were talking to each other and and the way that the camera was capturing that the essence of what was happening you know inside that person's mind uh you know just by a simple look that's all it was like you're just yeah. watching their reaction or the way their their thoughts were were going, um, I thought that it was it, it was so well done. But I, I kept thinking about how it, it felt like that deal with the devil and, and yeah, yeah, just very it interesting. Was definitely a deal with the devil. Yeah, very interesting. This is a good movie. It's definitely one that I think people should see. You know, the one of the things I talked about last week with Monster was Monster is a movie that I probably never have to see again, having seen it now. But I think it's an important one to see if you can kind of step out of your comfort zone because it has a lot to say. Right. This is similar to that, only this has rewatchability. Like, for as awful as some of the stuff that happens in this movie, right? you can you can still watch it again because it doesn't, like, 
it it doesn't feel the same level of realism and and that's interesting because it's a very raw movie but it's almost hyper real right so but uh i definitely recommend it as a movie for people to see because totally just the the performances alone i mean down everybody right down to the guy sitting around the table playing cards like uh you know ray uh was his name ray cruz i think was a sniper oh yeah it's just uh-huh. way over the top and it had uh noel and i never pronounce his name right it's like googlemi um but he's he's one of those that when you need a uh a mexican or latin latino uh gangster in a film right. you get him he's, he's just good. he's in central casting yeah, noel, he's on speed yeah. dial yeah, yeah, he did. He always does such a good job, and, and he was able to go toe to toe with some of these bigger actors because yeah. his presence was still. I mean, he was he was pretty big on screen, even though he wasn't even the primary baddie. Yeah, uh, and this was early in his career. I mean, he's gone on to right. he he's in so much now, but this was really early for him. This is only like the third or fourth thing he had worked on. Right. Um, but everybody, uh, Cliff Curtis, just great performances up and down. Um, mm-hmm. And it's totally worth seeing. So I'm glad that you guys both got to see it and Absolutely. enjoy it oh, yeah. as much as you can I, enjoy seeing. Now, funny thing is it's a very violent movie, but only two people die. Yeah. It's yeah, only Roger and Alonso. Of, yeah. yeah. And it's not even really, I wouldn't even say it's a very violent movie. It's just a very threatening movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. You never feel totally comfortable. I did yeah. find it interesting that, that the shootout on the street when they take the money from the Sandman. Right. All those bullets and not one person gets hit. Yeah, that's not a I single like. person got yeah. got tagged. Yeah. yeah. It's of course, they very were interesting. all shooting with pistols and they were pretty far apart. Yeah, you know, they, and they were they holding them sideways. And... Yeah, they were holding, they were all holding them wrong. I mean, <laughs> you, you were much more you were much more likely to get shot watching your TV in a in a house adjacent to that when you were to actually be in the fight itself. Right. right? So it Right. Was, uh, it was interesting. Do you guys know how, by the way, um, this is a piece of trivia I was trying to find before the before we hopped on. But do you guys know how many times uh, he said my and then N word? No, yeah, that was a little uncomfortable for us. (laughs) (laughs) He kept saying it over and over. And and I was I was like, is there like a number as to how many times like an over under? It felt like almost a dozen times. Yeah. And it was quite a bit. I remember when this movie came out that that was a big thing at the time. There was yeah. a, there were like news articles about it and talking mm-hmm. about because you really hadn't had too much in the way of Hollywood films that had done that up to this point. Right. And Antoine Fuqua made it a point to say, "Look, I want this movie to feel real and feel authentic. This is the language yeah. that would get used. It's yep. just what we're going to do." And he was fine with it. Um, because it you he did a hear lot. Of... He's saying that. That's all no. I'm saying. No, <laughs> no, and and this movie really took a, a big, different, a big turn when he came on the project because he brought in, he actually brought in gang members as consultants. Um, right. And part of the the trade off there was that he had to put some of them on screen. So there's yeah. a few guys that were actual gang members in some of those scenes, but he did that. Oh, wow. He did. Um, he did a lot of work with uh, undercover cops to to get an idea of like could this actually happen because people were complaining oh there, you'd never have an undercover cop actually smoke and he's like right. no I mean this is, that can happen for UCs for undercover cops in very right. specific situations they're allowed yeah. to do that as part of their job I'm sure they have to I kind of like didn't surprise me yeah, yeah that that didn't surprise me at all but yeah you're right the the number of times he dropped uh, 
that that one um, in the movie certainly can be uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but they had a couple of little callbacks like that. The uh, do you want to go to jail or you want to go home was right, one right. that he says two or three times and then Jake says it to him at the end. Yeah. So that was a nice callback to it. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I want to go home. Yeah, I want to go home and he just, then he shoots him and walks away. Right. <laughs> That oh. should have been the ending. It, and, yeah, it was violent instead. And I think at one point that probably was the ending. Right. Like that right. was going to be the last thing that happened to him. And then I that's where I think Denzel kind of stepped in and was like, he needs to like he needs to have him get taken out. He's too bad. Yeah, yeah. He needs to be taken out by is it's one of those uh he needs to be taken out by the community, right? He needs to be mm-hmm. taken out by his own deeds. We can't have if if Ethan Hawke's character pops in there, if Jake's character just you know ends him right there on the street then really you know jake's in the same path yeah alonzo yeah and and that would be the tropey way to go right to have him right shoot him at the end and and kill alonzo and i'm really glad that it didn't go that route yeah because it makes the um i was gonna say the uh i i really like though how they made it so that the the russians were the ones to kill him because i was actually thinking that the those community members were going to be the ones to kill him Mm. but i loved how that little symbolism of like putting the gun down yeah um for a community like that like that showing that you know violent like we've had enough yeah like and there's violence isn't everything in 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 that community and people are willing to work things out and i I just i really appreciated that sort of message that that brought i thought Mm -hmm. that was cool yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I thought was I found interesting in the trivia was the the card playing scene. Um, they to make it extra tense, Antoine Fuqua would give everybody instructions, but not tell Ethan Hawke. So he didn't really know what was going to happen. And, <laughs> and I love that. I love stuff yeah. like that when you, when you get filmmaking and filmmakers doing things like that to to generate. It's the the Hans Gruber thing where they, you know, they yeah. got to. Okay, we're gonna drop you on three, and they got to two, and let go of them, and you get that genuine reaction. I love um, when the when alien, do uh, yeah, popping through the shirt in an alien. Yeah, everybody freaking out. The hell is that? What is going on? Oh yeah, T. Rogers was the founder of the Black Pea Stones Bloods, and he huh. was on set for all the filming done in the neighborhood because they actually filmed in the jungles. Apparently, mm, right? Cool. Right. And that That's was. Yeah, that was one of those scenes when he the you got that shot of him on the bus, of Jake on the bus, and then when he's walking in there, right. you know, in the beginning of the movie, he they're telling him never come in here without me, and here he is walking yeah, yeah. in there at night with a gun drawn. Yeah, yeah, and they I could that was cool. Yeah, it was yeah, a very I mean, very powerful scene. Yeah, where he set it up that was you know this is a bad idea. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yeah, that was uh. And <clears throat> pardon me. Um, character much more authentic aspect. Denzel Washington decided to have the same look. Okay, so the character was somewhat based on a real person, loosely apparently. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. An LAPD officer. Yeah, I did not know that. And then uh, the coffee shop at the beginning, which I find that scene hilarious. Like there are there are a couple moments of levity in this, and that's one of them where he's trying to read the paper. He's like, "All right, right, fine. You tell me a story." You won't you let me read my story. paper. You tell me a story. Yeah. That's the yeah, same. That's a pretty well-known coffee shop uh, and used in a lot oh, yeah. of movies. Um, that right. was used in Seven. 
Hmm. with Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow. It was in Gone in 60 Seconds, Ghost World, and Catch Me If You Can. It's one of those spots in L.A. that gets used a lot. Right. Very interesting. Did not know that. I didn't either. That's that's wild. I'll have to go back and look now. Yeah. Yeah. Seven is is no central perk, but you know. Right. Now. Right. Oh, one other casting bit. Uh, One other person that was uh, up for or offered the role of Jake Hoyt was Eminem. Really? Oh, he no. turned it down because he was working on Eight Mile and developing Eight Mile at the time. That was a much better pick for him. Yeah, that I think was he, especially at that point in his career, right. he wasn't ready for oh, yeah. that kind of a role. I don't his, think uh, this this demanded a certain finesse. something from that character. Yeah, finesse would have been the right word. I think. That you've you've got to have somebody. I think what you said about the eye is that like Ethan Hawke is able to like really just show uh, that that emotion and like that deep inner soul. Uh, w- what's happening there? Like that is so important. Um, I don't think that we would have gotten anything like that from anybody else. Maybe Matt Damon, like you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. I would have. Yeah, Eminem wouldn't be in the top. Yeah, no, I, I, but I read that and I thought that was interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a heck of a movie. And if you haven't seen it yet and we've just spoiled the whole thing for you, uh, oh, well, go see it now. Oh, too bad. Um, oh, too bad. 20, uh, 20 years later. Yeah, 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 we're, we're past the spoiler threshold. Oh, yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, I want to thank both you guys for joining me this week. This was a ton of fun. Um, thank you. And uh, thank you for introducing me to Training Day. Yeah, yeah likewise. Yeah, well, I'm I'm two for two on showing you new movies, Alex. Yeah. yeah. So because I got you to watch Die Hard, if you can believe that he had never seen that one before. I'd never seen Die Hard. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we we record uh this Sunday night and we do it once a week. Um, in fact, I haven't missed a week since I started uh the nice. show. So Good for you. Hopefully, I can keep that going. It's gonna get a little dicey here coming up because I got some travel and some things going on, but I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. But we yeah, I want to... Travis. Thank you. Um, but I want to thank both of you guys for being here. It's a ton of fun. Um, you're both welcome back anytime. So if you think of any other movies you haven't seen, uh, or if you've got one that you have that you really like, maybe I haven't seen it. There's you know, there's a few of those out there. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Good call. But uh, yeah, you can you can catch us live, twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis every Sunday night or most Sunday nights. Uh, and then tvstravis.com is where you can go to find the podcast. Uh, that comes out every Wednesday, so I have a few days between. Um, but, Alex, have you got anything you're working on right now? I know you have oh, the, the, pod, the joystick um, and mouse. Yeah, joystick and mouse. Uh, it, we record every every Monday over at twitch.tv slash alexalbisu. Um, that's likely not happening tomorrow night, though, due to some ANTP stuff. Um, that's another show that I'm involved with from a production side of things. You can go to americasx.podcaster.com. Um, all three of us here on this show have been on that show in one form or another. Um, Travis and I were contestants. Brian was a, was a guest, uh, judge, which was fun. I was. And, um, also the dad chronicle, uh, which both of these guys have been involved with as well. So the dad chronicle.com, um, you can hear stories of fatherhood that, uh, has been, it's been a few weeks since we've done that just because of life and work and stuff getting in the way. We haven't been able to record a new episode of that, but something new is coming out soon. So, uh, check out all of that. Excellent. And Brian, where can people find you? 
Absolutely. You can go to briandunaway.com. I have all of my stuff there. Uh, you may know me from Film Sack. If you enjoy listening to people prattle on about movies, we do that once a week. Uh, filmsack.com. Uh, also can check out my Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway. That's me. Yeah, and that's a lot of fun. You've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past recently. I, I have been playing that. I, I busted out my um, Super Nintendo Mini, SNES Mini, as Ooh. HDMI cable. And I'm, I'm plugged in, so I'm using that controller. I actually have a wireless controller for it. I think that's the right way to play it because I, I have the Nintendo uh, oh, what, online Nintendo online service, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, which allows you to play uh, Zelda on that as well on the classic uh, emulator, uh, but is not as much fun playing it on the Switch controls, in my opinion. It is just something about that that nasty old SNES controller and how it's laid out with that D pad and everything. It just back memory that is that is the preferred way to go that's the way to do it but yeah yeah, i've never played uh a link to the past this was the first time i never really played much of any zelda game just here and there and so i'm trying to i'm going to go all the way through all the way through excellent throwback thursdays so i do that on thursdays love it yeah all right well until next week. Now, next week's movie is going to be um the king's speech i've never seen it before oh and great movie and I hear that. I love Colin Firth, so yeah. I'm, I'm all geared up for that. That's going to be next week, and I've got a few more uh, interesting ones coming up. Um, we have uh, i got to figure out when I'm going to have Jay Dimes on, and we're going to do Top Gun. Um, the Terminator's coming up here fairly soon. Um, I think the other one I know of for sure that I'm going to do here soon is Baby Driver. Oh, uh, interesting. I missed that one. I hadn't seen it, yeah. and I love yeah. Edgar Wright, so I'm looking forward to all yeah. of those. So come on back, join us, um, and uh, we'll talk about movies with you. But until next time, enjoy your movies. This has been Wait You Haven't Seen. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>